0: Today we are debunking the myth that eating higher fat burns more body fat, and we are instead talking about fat oxidation, carb oxidation, and how you actually burn body fat. So tune into today's episode to figure out how to understand this conundrum of what you should be eating, how to burn body fat, and how your body actually uses energy sources. All right. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I think that this will be a really good podcast and hopefully we can explain this in a very well, like in a good way, because I I do understand how this can get confusing. But I think that this we hear all the time, like, well, I try to keep my heart rate in the fat burning zone Mm. or I, (laughs) you know, I I need to do I'm afraid of carbs because I want to eat more fat so that I burn more fat. And so we're going to kind of clear up that conversation today, hopefully, um, and help people understand what it means to burn body fat versus oxidizing fat within the body, because there's a difference here. And this is, we're going to try and keep it very high level, not too sciencey, but I'm sure a lot of people have heard, like, you know, anyone say, well, on keto, you burn more fat. And so you should do keto because if you want to lose fat, you want to eat more fat. Not necessarily, So what? it's not untrue, but it is extremely misleading. It is very misleading because basically what you're doing is you're changing energy
1: sources. So we know that naturally your primary energy source is carbohydrates, right? Your body fuels off of glucose, but there's a lot of scenarios where you might do better oxidizing and burning fat as your primary fuel source but it's like flipping into that and understanding that you can still be moderate carb and still lose body fat you just have to be predominantly burning
0: the fat as your fuel source versus carbohydrates yeah and i think that the hard thing here is like the reason that your body wants glucose is because within your body it is a much easier conversion process Mm -hmm. for your body to change glucose into energy And so we'll not get too sciencey here, but like there's a it's a longer, slower process for your body to take fat that you eat. Because at the end of the day, guys, carbs and fats are basically two your main two energy sources that your body will use. It can use protein to break down into glucose, but that's an even longer process. And so if you are eating carbs, fats, and protein, your body wants to use the carbs because it's the easiest route to energy. And so that is why if you are doing high intensity, and we're gonna kind of talk at the end of this podcast, like what's the best diet per se. And it's going to depend on what you're doing, what your lifestyle is, what your, you know, past diet history, health history, all of that. And then also personal preferences. Um, But basically, what we need to talk about is that there is two examples, high carb diet, low fat, high fat, low carb. Okay. So the number one rule we need to understand is that your body uses the fuel that it is exposed to the most. Okay, and that it is most present. And so if you're doing a low-carb, high-fat diet like keto, your body is oxidizing more fat because you are eating more fat. It is using the dietary fat that you're eating, and it's oxidizing it for energy. If you are high carb, low fat, then your body will oxidize more carbs because you are eating more carbs. If you're high fat, high carb, you're probably overweight, and you are probably struggling with insulin resistance, and your body is going to use carbs because carbs are easier for your body to use. We should not be high fat and high carb. That is the problem. Most people are high fat, high carb, low protein. That is what gets people in trouble. And so Although there is more oxidation present, it does not mean that you are burning more. Burning fat still breaks down, calories in, calories out. That is the bottom line.
1: It's overall energy balance. And are you expending more than you're actually burning? And then we have to look at other things that support Lowering your body fat percentage, right? Mm -hmm. Are you strength training? Are you moving your body every day? Are you eating enough protein so that you're not catabolizing muscle, right? In any deficit, you are always going to catabolize a little bit of muscle. So if your goal is, I want to be lean and I want to burn body fat, understand that it has to be a balance here. Mm -hmm. And in any dietary intake, that is. You know, giving you a deficit, you will burn and lose a little bit of muscle mass. Still, this is kind of the concept. If you just think about how you would apply this in your day to day life, if you're in a calorie deficit, you are not lifting as strong or as heavy as easily as you are if you're at maintenance, mm-hmm. right? Because you have an energy um, depletion here because your goal is to lose weight, lose fat. So let's kind of go back and kind of what Becca is talking about here with the low carb, high fat or high fat, you know. Um, low-carb diet, we need to understand that we should be metabolically flexible and be able to burn both of these sources interchangeably. So I'll say, you know, for myself, some days I go higher fat, some days I go higher carbs. It kind of depends upon my movement, my training modality. But the biggest issue, and kind of going back to your point of most people are doing a low-protein, high-fat, high-carb intake, this reduces their ability to be metabolically flexible Mm -hmm. and Actually, it's been shown that 90% of people are not metabolically flexible, and this is primarily due to insulin resistance Mm -hmm. and high amount of inflammatory oils, trans fats, shitty quality of food, and it's leading to the disease and the dysfunction at the cellular level because when you're oxidizing fat, this is primarily referring to the process of breaking down the fatty acids and turning them into energy, the same way that you would with carbohydrates, bringing it down to glucose, right? And turning that into energy. But to oxidize fat, one also needs healthy mitochondria. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't have great mitochondria. Um, Those are the powerhouse energy sources to the cells and basically the small structures in the cells that serve as the power plants um, and generate energy uh, and basically support your muscles to contract by burning fuel using
0: oxygen and producing carbon dioxide. Yeah. And so this is the hard thing that although if you have a higher carb, lower fat diet, you should be utilizing carbs for energy, the problem is that a lot of people, like Liz was saying, 80 plus percent of the population is insulin resistant to some extent. And what that means is that although you might not be diagnosed diabetic, You are probably heading that way if you struggle with losing weight. Like a lot of people that don't eat very much, but they eat a lot of carbs, don't see weight loss because their body has become... Insensitive to carbohydrates. And so when you consume these carbohydrates, you no longer are having the insulin response because we have gone through the process of insulin resistance happening. Your cells become resistant to taking in that energy source because it is overflowing. And so what happens with that, your body keeps accumulating fat stores. And so although we want to be metabolically flexible, a lot of people are not. And so usually if you're dealing with some level of insulin resistance, the majority of the population, and we're going to kind of expand on this a little bit at the end, is like the majority of the population should probably, unless you are training with extreme high intensity, should probably be high protein, moderate carb, higher fat. That is what most people should probably eat. Like not many, you know, females, unless again, you are training excessively, moving excessively, should be eating like north of 200 grams of carbs. It, it's just, we, we don't have the sensitivity within our cells anymore and within our body. And unless you're carrying a ton of muscle, just, your body's not going to utilize it. It is what it is. Like, it, and as much as I would love to say like food freedom and eat whatever you want, if you want to control your weight and you want to be healthy, you have to take these things into account. And so it, we come back to the question of like, okay, if I eat higher fat, my body's going to oxidize more fat. If I eat higher carb, my body will oxidize higher carb as long as there isn't like massive insulin resistance happening. How do I lose weight? How do I lose body fat? And this comes to body fat balance as an equation of fat storage minus oxidation. And so we've talked about the food you eat is what your body oxidizes for energy. If you are taking in more than you are burning, you will store body fat. If you are taking in less than you are born in calorie deficit, you will burn body fat. And so it comes back to the calorie balance. And that is the bottom line with all of this. And that's why it's hard to hear guys like, unfortunately, if you are not losing weight, it is because you have not created a calorie deficit sustainably, consistently for long enough or You've been in far too long of a calorie deficit and now your body has adapted. Unfortunately, the longer and more often you spend in calorie deficits and restrictive places, the, bo- the, lo- the better the body becomes at surviving in those restrictive places, aka it's not going to burn body fat anymore.
1: Yeah. Well, then you have the question of I'm eating, let's say 1200 calories a day, or I am in a deficit, but I'm not seeing any changes. And then what happens when I kind of go out and live a normal life and eat, you know, out with my family or my friends or I travel, and all of a sudden I've put weight on. Well, this is because you've adapted, number one, and you're not metabolically flexible, number two. And so now you've created a scenario where when you do go out and you're consuming high fat, high carb diets, you're storing it as fat because the body doesn't have enough energy day to day. And so when the body compensates, you prime yourself to regain fat. This is why you see so many people come out of a lot of restrictive diet protocols, let's say keto for some individuals as well, because when they start consuming high amounts of carbohydrates and they don't reintroduce them slowly and they tip themselves into a calorie surplus,
0: they regain all the fat plus some. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty rapid that they put it back on as well. Yeah, and that's the hardest part with dieting incorrectly, I will say. Um, I think that there is absolutely a correct way to diet, and you can do it multiple ways. And so, like, what is the best diet to follow? Like Liz was saying, she tends – and we were kind of talking about this before the podcast – there's such a thing as like fast oxidizers and slow oxidizers. So fast oxidizers are people that oxidize carbohydrates well. If you It makes sense if you think about it. Carbohydrates are fast energy, fast oxidizers. Then there's slow oxidizers, people that, you know, tend to oxidize fats and proteins a little bit better. And so people that, you know, manage their weight better using a higher fat diet. I have learned through experience um, and through just like history, I tend to be a better fast oxidizer. I, I feel better when I have higher carbs. I have better energy. I don't get head. Headaches, I feel my workouts do better, and I tend to train with quite a bit of intensity. I always have. And so majority of the population is probably not training with that level of intensity. Yeah, there are a lot of people out there that may be, but like at the end of the day, you have to experiment with what does best for you. And if you are unsure and if you've been struggling with your weight for a long time, I would recommend probably a higher fat, higher protein, more moderate carb approach.
1: Yeah, and you can play around with this too. You know, you can Mm -hmm. see what you feel good with. Becca was, you know, saying before we started this podcast as well, like she's tried a lower carb approach before and it didn't work for her. I have tried a very high fat approach for me before. That didn't work for me because I need some carbohydrates for my training. But in general, I am the person that does better with higher protein, a little bit more fat than, you know, typical for somebody who is training and a more moderate carbohydrate approach. So, what does that look like? Like for me, well, you know, day to day I can range anywhere from 80 to 150 grams of carbohydrates and vice versa. I'm ranging from anywhere between 60 and 90 grams of fat. So those flip flop, but my protein always stays consistent Mm -hmm. and I'm able to, I think, tolerate that 150 grams of carbohydrates, which right now is about one gram per pound of my body weight and do well with it because I'm putting those days on my intense strength training days and I'm still cognizant about timing my carbohydrates post-workout. I'm still cognizant about getting my 10,000 plus steps in. So I'm still very, very active on those days. Days that I'm just walking or doing lists um, and it's just, you know, not getting my heart rate up, it's just generalized low intensity movement. I feel better eating less carbohydrates and doing higher fats.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think a lot of this also comes down to like how much muscle mass people hold plays a big role, um, you know, their diet history and what they've done in the past and what they feel best with. And also at the end of the day, guys, the types of food play a huge role. Like I'm not eating my carbs from bowls of cereal and, you know, A bunch of sandwiches and like pastas and stuff like that most of my carbs come from sweet potatoes white rice vegetables fruits things like that i have a half an english muffin in the morning post workout and i do sometimes if i need the carbs at night i'll do like half a cup of cereal after dinner if i need the carbs but that's it other than that it is all whole foods based and so play and experiment with these things to figure out but at the end of the day do not get ployed into the whole concept of like Eat higher fat so you're burning more fat. That is totally a play on words, guys. And that is what people get, you know, we get conned into. We're like, oh, keto, you're burning more fat. That's exactly what I want. Well, not necessarily. It is you are oxidizing more fat. You are not necessarily burning body fat. To burn body fat, you have to track intake. And at the end of the day, although intake tracking can be kind of tedious, it can be kind of annoying, wouldn't you want to control as many variables as possible? To control the outcome of what you want. I would. I wouldn't want to be like, I really want this goal, but I'm just going to leave a bunch of things up to chance. I'm just going to hope for the best. I'm just going to assume I'm in a calorie exit, like <laughs> right?
1: Because I ate everything that said keto on it. Like, listen, Beck and I are into the Catalina Crunch so lately. Good. It's so good. So expensive. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, I found mine at Costco, which I don't think is bad. It's like 10 bucks for a bag, quite a few servings in there. And I don't do a lot at one time. No. Like I usually do half to three quarters of a cup, but on the front of the bag, it says that it is a keto product. Well, if you look at the nutritional label per serving, you're looking at 14 grams of carbohydrates. The reason why there's, Saying that this is a keto product is because there's added fiber to it. And mm. so if you subtract the fiber from the carbohydrates, now you're looking at three net carbs. Well, at the end of the day, net carbs are
0: stupid. <laughs> That's what the end of the day is. Net <laughs> carbs are stupid.
1: It's still <laughs> carbohydrates that you know you are consuming. And if you're trying to be really in full keto, you're looking at twenty to thirty grams or five to ten percent of your overall intake mm-hmm. from carbohydrates. And we do not believe that you should do this in a way that is, you know, processed packaged food, you know, we want you still to be doing this is the biggest thing. And I've said this many times on the podcast that I have with keto. My issue with it is most people turn to these processed packaged foods and they don't utilize green leafy vegetables, like Mm -hmm. in the amount that you should, like really, if we want to optimize health and we want to be healthy, we should be eating a good amount of vegetables a day. Like I'm going to say six to eight cups kind of, you know, is your optimal range. If you're looking to support your mitochondria, if you're looking to get the antioxidants, the vitamins and the minerals and the nutrients from these foods. Now that said, we recognize most people struggle to get six to eight cups um, Mm -hmm. of vegetables in a day. And so there's other ways that you can kind of you know, increase your nutrient availability. One of the things that I've done recently, because I burnt myself out on having so many vegetables at breakfast from my cut phase, I've just added my reds and my greens powder in because that's helping me fill the gaps from what I'm not getting at my breakfast mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, vegetables. And I don't think they should be used as a replacement, no, but they can fill gaps and they can, you know, help people who just are not able to either tolerate digestively, you know, that amount of fiber or that amount of vegetables uh, in the day or just have a busy lifestyle and don't, you know, consume a lot of soups, salads,
0: smoothies, stir fries, Mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah, absolutely. And so if you're working on like experimenting this with yourself, I would say baseline, most people should have 30% of their calories come from protein. Like if you are tracking calories, if you're trying to eat a certain amount, we some like working off percentages here are going to probably be the easiest. And so I would say most people should probably be around uh, thirty to thirty five percent of their calories coming from protein, thirty to thirty five percent of their calories coming from fats, and then the remainder coming from carbs. Maybe even some people like forty percent coming from fats. And really, if you're not super active guys, like we shared a, um, a data point on another podcast earlier in the week, I think it is the average person only gets about 4,000 steps a day. And so unless you're tracking your movement and you're like doing some resistance training, you're doing some heavier lifting, you're doing adequate walking every day, you guys, you probably don't need that many carbs. Like I'm not someone to say restrict yourself, but if you are really trying to see progress and you are noticing like it's not working for you, you probably need to change some things up. And I think one of the biggest things that people don't realize is that a lot of people don't do well with high carb or with... And believe it or not, high carbs very easy to get to eating processed foods.
1: Yeah, it's very hard to get with, you know, oatmeal, Whole yes. Fruits, you know, things like that, unless you're doing a lot of the like tropical fruits like pineapple, which is my favorite, or banana, things like that. The other thing that I would say here is as you're kind of playing around with this, pay attention to the percentages within your meals and track how you feel a couple hours after. Like, do you get energized from this meal or do you get tired and lethargic, right? I guarantee you if you were to look today before you made any changes, if you are eating higher fat, higher uh, carbohydrate diet, you're probably experiencing some energy crashes throughout mm-hmm. the day because your blood sugar is, you know, all over the place. But if you can keep protein stable and level throughout the day, that can help counterbalance those swings with your blood sugar. But this is where it becomes be- very bio individual. Like I said before, I know for me, I do better having more fats, more protein, more vegetables at lunchtime, and I don't take that energy drop in the mm-hmm. afternoon when I have things that are higher carbohydrate higher protein and higher fat, I get tired in the afternoon. That's just how I respond. But so this is why I look at my, you know, meal timing. And when I'm training, that's when the majority of my carbs come in, either early in the morning or later in the evening, because carbs can help with cortisol. Mm-hmm. Talked about this before. They've got that inverse relationship uh, with cortisol. And so that can help bring your stress levels down and help you sleep better at nighttime. And here again, I'm talking about like a half a cup of rice. I'm not talking about, you know, a huge burger, um, you know, and fries or something like that because that's going to be higher fat, higher carb. So you kind of have to isolate, you know, food groups here and then look within your meal. If you had 30 grams of carbohydrates and 20 grams of fat and then 30 grams of protein, how do you feel? Change those ratios up and, you know, test and see with a food and mood journal or, you know, however you want to track this, what is my energy like and do I consistently get tired after certain ratios
0: between the three? Yeah. And this is something that like, you guys, this is why you can't just go to someone and have them be like, tell me what to eat. You got to experiment with yourself. You have to put in the time and the effort of like, take the next three to four weeks and try a more moderate carb approach where you're maybe taking in like 100 to 150 grams of carbs a day and track it and then eat a little bit higher fat, high protein, see how you feel. And then if that doesn't feel great, try going to a little bit higher carb, more moderate fat approach where you're taking in maybe 100. And, I mean, like, we're totally throwing out arbitrary numbers here. I should say percentages. I really should. So, like, you know, 30 to 40% carbs and then 30% protein and the rest coming from fats and see how you feel with that and play around with the types of foods. Like Liz was saying, I've learned as well. I feel better when I front load and back load my calories. My middle of the day, I need to be sharp. I need to be on calls. I need to not be as tired. And so I do better when I have snacks, lighter meals, things that are protein, vegetable based, maybe a little bit of carbs in there. I don't feel good if I have like a big bowl of you know potatoes or rice or something really heavy at lunch. I feel better when I have a bigger breakfast Bigger dinner in the middle of the day is pretty light. That's just how I function. And I've learned that through trial and error. I've done the heavier lunch and been like, I want to fall asleep on on this call right now. And so we need to implement these strategies. It's not, you guys, I'm sorry, but like... (laughs) No one's going to tell you, eat exactly this and you're going to feel amazing. You're going to have to implement it and find out. That is what individuality is about in nutrition. There is no one size fits all. There never has been. There never will be. There needs to be individualness to it because you need to figure out what you feel best doing. No one can tell that for you. You have to put it into play. And find, take data, have awareness about what foods you eat and how you feel when you eat them, which is some work. Yes, it is. But then you can get to a place where it becomes automatic. Like Liz and I know what food combinations work well for us now. We know how to spot a check a day and be like, I ate enough today. I didn't eat enough today. I had too many carbs today, vice versa. And so you have to be able to put in the work and the effort up front to get to a place where you can evaluate that on the back end. But we wanted to chat today mainly around this whole concept of, you know, fat, higher fat diet doesn't mean that you're burning more body fat necessarily. If you're eating a bunch of calories, you're not burning more body fat. You're just oxidizing fat within the body as an energy source. Like we need to clear that up. And hopefully we did an okay job of explaining that today um, and kind of helping people see that in terms of high carb or high fat and what you ultimately want to do in terms of experimenting with yourself.
1: Yep. I think at the end of the day, test and try and see, you know, when we're working with clients, like a lot of times we're teaching them or educating them on these things and they don't know what they don't know. The same way, you know, Becca is saying like, if you have never tracked your food and you can't, you know, inherently know this has 30 grams of carbs or this has, you know, 25 grams of protein or whatever, how can you truly know if this is working for you or not? And if you're not analyzing that data, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. You've got to analyze the data. If you're tracking your food, and you're not looking at the fluctuations and you know, kind of making correlations to your biofeedback, essentially you're kind of wasting your time. <laughs> I mean, I think you need to understand what day-to-day looks like. And for females out there, track with your cycle too. Certain times of the month, the beginning half of your cycle, you probably feel a little bit better with a little more carbohydrates. The last half of the uh, menstrual cycle in your luteal phase, you're probably going to feel a little bit higher, feel a little bit better with higher fat as well. And so look and assess all of these different data points. And if you don't know how to do that, then hire somebody to help you. Because at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know. And we're always learning. We're always adapting You know, to understanding like how our environment, how our lifestyle, all of our food choices impact us as females not just as small men, because we are so different. We are wired differently. Our hormones are different. And there's a lot of things that impact how things function at the cellular level. And that's kind of you know what we wanted you guys to also take away from this is there is no one size fits all. It is not just a MyFitnessPal, plug in your data, get told a macro you know, percentage here. We don't know if that works for you. You don't know if that works for you. The same thing if you go to tdecalculator.net. We like that one. But again, it's not individualizing these things for you. It's giving you a estimate based upon the data that you've given it from a, you know, a specific calculation. And so test, try, see, track your data and, you know, analyze it so that you can do better
0: and feel better. Yep. And then tell the next person that tries to tell you that high fat burns more body fat this answer. (laughs) Have a great day, guys.